trivia, discussions, opinions, and the chance to have your say. Welcome to the Topical Resort.
Two lovely pieces right there. One from Raymond, uh, remixing a track by Mitch M featuring Oster Project. That was House of Songs, a Vocaloid song that none of you picked up on. Yes, that was a Vocaloid song. That was his take on House of Songs, as you just heard. And before that, from Dominico Alessi. I'm, I'm sorry, I've pronounced that wrong. Definitely. But remixing Splashwave from Outrun. Both of those were incredible right there, but if you like those two pieces, there's plenty more where that came from, because this is the top of result right here on Radio Sega, and we are back for another week. And this week, we are playing you some of the finest Sega piano pieces, whether that be remixes or content original to games or whatever, as long as it prominently features the instrument. And tonight, we are taking it on. That includes brilliant and brilliant remixes like those ones, but also some tracks from commercially released games such as Yakuza 2, Sonic World Adventure, also known as Sonic Unleashed, Sega Rally 2, Seventh Dragon, A Style, and well, an album that would make sense to hear considering it's called Sega Sega Piano Nocturne. And there's quite a few tracks coming up from that one tonight. So if you like any of those games, be sure to stay tuned. If not, we've got some remixes from games that you probably like too coming up around the corner. If you want to join the discussion tonight, you know where it belongs. It belongs under Discord. That's radioessie.jf/discord. If you if you know Discord, then you know how to uh, you know how to sort that out. But if you don't know Discord, visit discordapp.com. Go ahead and create yourself a free account, or you can go ahead and create a throwaway account. Put in radioessie.jf/discord as your link, and then you can go ahead and join our lovely chat room. Currently down in the chat room, it's a bit quieter than usual, but actually that's sort of a nice thing. It's not as hectic as it would normally be. We currently have Jamie64326, BrickGamer98, Twinny, and Re- I think Rexy, I think that's... And we had John VGNet earlier, but I don't know if he's still here. Either way, though, we got those guys, and if you're lurking, hello to you. If you're listening on the podcast, hello to you. But if you're if you're not too much about Discord, yeah, I can understand that. Well, luckily for you, you can also get in your opinions, or your chat, or whatever, through Twitter. You can do that at RedisSega, at Topical Resort, at the Green Vibrate, or using the hashtag... Topical Resort, or you can even send it for an email if you want, topicalresort at gmail.com. Don't forget the people in the IRC. I have my IRC client open, but no one ever listens through IRC. If you do, though, say hi, because I'll be able to see your message. So, yeah, please just send all those in. But either way, if you've uh, been paying attention to our social media feeds this week, you would know that we've done quite a few bits, but uh, on top of that, if you've been paying attention to any social media feed this week, you'd know there's been a whole ton of announcements. Uh, there's the obvious ones, there's the Smash Bros, there's the game announcements, there was a new Undertale this this uh, this week. That's pretty awesome, I haven't got to play it yet, but it looks good. Uh, what else was there? There was a new Bubsy. There was there was some other stuff, but uh, if you if you paid attention to our own social media feeds this week, you may know that we announced a brand new programming block that is coming this Monday, and well, I thought I'd take a chance to play the promo for you right here while we are currently on this subject. So let me just get it up, and we'll play it for you right now. Made by the community for the community. Introducing Radio Sega's Guest Nights, a dedicated programming block of content powered by our partners, including Sega Bits, the Dreamcast Junkyard, and more. Airing live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Western Europe time. That's 8 p.m. Central Europe, 2 p.m. Eastern, and 11 a.m. Pacific. Right here on Radio Sega.
so we had that to look forward to this week. On top of that, we also had the monthly media recap. And we've had our usual shows, and we've had sweaty Sundays, and we, we've had all this stuff. But that's not where the announcements end. No, 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 no. Because there's still just one more announcement left for you to hear. But first of all, I'm going to have to get it up. So let's find it over here. Where is it? Is it not imported? Yeah, there it is. Okay. So we've got just one more thing for you to look forward to within the coming week, and it's not the guest night. So be sure to take a listen to this. The Hidden Palace. The Hidden Palace opens its doors once again. I'm Skyblaze, and I am back for some more shows featuring the most interesting facts and trivia from Sega's long history. Plus, I'll be showcasing some of the best in 8 and 16-bit music in the Chiptune Corner. I hope you will join me there. The Hidden Palace with Skyblaze. Every Wednesday at 10pm Western Europe time. That's 11pm Central Europe, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. Only on Radio Sega. So yes, there you go. The Hidden Palace Zone is back with Skyblaze 42. Wednesdays at 10pm, and that will be coming up this week. And if you know the show, you know what it's about. But if you don't know the show, it's where she discusses like oddities, easter eggs, uh, glitches, even theories relating to Sega games. It's very much the Sega Educational show. So if you like any of the sounds of that, be sure to tune in Wednesdays at 10pm UK time, because it's finally back. She had some health complications, but we are, we're finally getting back in there. Thank goodness, and that's thank goodness not not on the show end, but thank goodness she's okay. So yeah. Anyway, that's that's that. That's the Hidden Palace, and I didn't really discuss the guest night either, so I should probably do that. So we will be playing a few select podcasts from from our radio partners. So that includes the likes of Sega Bits, the Dreamcast Junkyard, and the More, because we haven't exactly discussed who that More is yet. We've also got Yakuza Fan, but. We have some more. We have a few announcements, and hopefully a few more than that. You'll be willing to reveal soon on who we're partnering with. So stay tuned for that at least. But yeah, that'll be going on within the next next week. Both of those will be coming back, so be sure to enjoy that. But that's that's then. This this is right now. So. Why don't we listen to the rest of this track that you're hearing in the background. This is 11th Floor's take on Hidden Palace Zone, and it's soon about to change over to Lava Reef. Enjoy the music.
next, Request Resort. Send your request relating to the topic of the episode in a tweet to at Radio Sega or the Green Viper 8. Or send it in a Discord DM to Green Viper 8 through our Discord server at radiose.ga forward slash Discord. Welcome back to the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. What you just heard there was an awesome track from Yakuza 2, aka Ryo Gakotoku 2. That was a scattered moment, and before that, uh, another name that I need to pronounce from Katja Savia. I think that was actually right for once. Remixing a track from Sonic the Hedgehog 16 bit that was her cover of Starlight Zone. One of my favourite tracks from Sonic the Hedgehog 16 bit. In fact, it probably is my favourite. And it's such a good cover. Um. There was a bit of debate earlier in the chat room as to what's better, as to whether Starlight or Lava Reef was better. I myself, oh, Lava Reef's my favourite track of Sonic and Knuckles, but it's Starlight, it's gotta be. And before that, from 11th Floor, remixing two tracks from Sonic and Knuckles, that was their take on Hidden Palace Zone and Lava Reef Zone. And now we've got nothing to talk about, because in case you haven't noticed, with these mega mixes, I talk about whatever you guys want to talk about, so. Go ahead and send me some suggestions down in the chat room. It doesn't have to be news, it can just be anything. Perhaps you want an opinion on or you want to ask me a question or anything like that. But currently we are on current gaming affairs down in the chat room. And we're talking about the Sega Mega Drive's Classics Collection because we always come onto a conversation about this because how much I dislike this collection. Hmm. But it's coming out on Switch the same day as Smash Ultimate. Trick Gamers pointed out, and I noticed this the other day on uh, YouTube because they posted a trailer and they were like, Oh, yeah, this is coming out December 7th. That's, that's not a good day. And I'm not saying this because, Oh, Smash Bros. is the best game ever. Oh, my goodness. It's, uh, you know, no other game can compete. It's like the best video game. I'm not even saying it because of that. But that's like the equivalent of releasing a film on the same day as Star Wars. It's not going to end well. There's a reason no one tried to release the same day as uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. It's not going to end well, so don't bother trying. Especially considering, well, I'm about to go into this conversation, but I think Smash Ultimate is ultimately more worth the money than Sega Mega Drive Classic is, especially when it's a game that's already come out, and we know it's not very good, so it's not like... Well, I think we're fairly confident, considering it's a first-party Nintendo game, that Smash Ultimate's going to be good. But still, you haven't got that, like, dread of, oh, what's the game going to be like? Is it going to be worth the money? Because the game's already out, and it's very clearly not worth the money. So, yeah, it's a bit of a death sentence, but then I remembered something. I was looking on the eShop today, and the release date on the eShop is the 6th of December. But the trailer says the 7th. So, did they just get scared and went, nah, we're not risking this. We're releasing it on the 6th instead, I'm going to break the street day? Because that's not beyond the realm of possibility. They're scared of competing with other games, so they break the street day. If so, uh, I don't know. But unfortunately, I will be purchasing this game, which means it's going to sit in the plastic wrap all weekend. Because, yeah, no secret, I really do like Smash Bros. And I really do like playing it online. That's the main reason why I'm getting the game. So, I mean, Sega Mega Drive Classics, I, I don't really want to buy it. But 
I did make an agreement on this show that if it came to Switch, I would purchase it. And it's now coming to Switch, so I need to honour my my decision. A decision that no one remembers, but I'm I'm just that honourable of a person. Clearly, clearly that's it. Uh, the collection, yeah, as I said, not too many positive things to say about it, but a death sentence in the making right there. Uh, Jamie says, So with that Yakuza track playing, what are your thoughts on Sony's new censorship policy policies for Japanese games? How they're handling the quality control with developers is awful, as the Japanese developers have to keep into in English only. So, uh, basically, I, for those of you who were in the chat room the other day, you're going to get bored of this, because I explained this in the chat room, but for those of you who weren't, perhaps you're listening on the podcast and you're not in our Discord, that's completely fine, but I'll explain it. From what I know, because uh, because Japan are hosting the 2020 Olympics, apparently they're under a lot of pressure from like specifically America and I think somewhat Britain to conform their sort of policies on sexual content because obviously that's a lot in general that's not looked down upon like sexual content in the West, no matter regardless your opinions, it is sort of looked down upon as like. Oh, that's uh, that's a bit risque. You can't really talk about that, and uh, you can't, you know, you can't. Uh, as a society, I don't know. I guess in the West, we like to think we're above that. Like, oh, we don't stoop as low as putting in sexual content into our games, right? We we think of it like that. Whereas in Japan, it's very much a different sort of stance on it. It's like uh, there's nothing really wrong with that, so we include it in our games. And it's it's not like um I, I don't really want to get too much into this aspect of it, but like um, in I guess in the West we see it a lot more as objectification than they do in Japan. But Japan's like yeah, they're humans, so what? And regardless of your opinions, that's just what they think about it personally as a culture. It's not frowned upon like it is over here. But anyway, um because because in the West we have to push for change in everything that we view as wrong. That's that's not, once again, a political stance, that's just a, that's how we act. Since we're like that, um, the West has put a lot of pressure onto Japan to sort of change their rules on sexual content, trying to get it in the same sort of line. Yes, the same sort of line as um, the rest of the West is. Which is why now, for example, Sony have clamped down on it, because Ah, we have quite a large Western presence. This probably wouldn't look good on our part. Admittedly, Nintendo does as well, but I think Sony is just the first one to clamp down on it. So that's really my stance on it. It's because, um, yeah, it's because they're now having to conform a bit more to the Western world, which, like, yeah, uh, there's a lot of people who are really upset over this. I myself, I don't really care. Uh, it's not my sort of content, you know, I don't play those sort of games, so doesn't really bother me too much. There are some people, like um, the Play Asia types, the censored gaming types, who are like, you can't take this away from me. This is like the the only thing that I have that's uh, remotely similar to contacting a woman. That that's like um that's that's censored gaming's policy on it. Like you, you can't you can't take away my boobies. Oh no, like, you surely can't do that. But um I don't really care. I'm not passionate about it. But I'm also not passionate about being against it or being for it. It's just. It is what it is, you know, go outside, go outside kids. 
That's all I have to say. Uh, Jamie says, if they show anything down below, content is pixelated. It is. That's how Japanese censorship is. Uh, aside from that, what else we got? Because I don't want to stay on that topic for too long, but still, you, you get you get that point. Um, yeah. The, th- the thing we were talking about the other day as well, actually, is the West is like, oh no, you can't show body parts, but they're perfectly happy with allowing children into films where people are violently murdered. So, in conclusion, America's stupid. You, you can't you can't be that strongly against something, but really that, that strongly for something. Like here in the UK, it's a bit different because obviously you can still go out and buy your kids like a, a, a eighteen rated film or a fifteen or whatever on DVD. But cinemas will actively not let your children in. The only rating where that's like different is, I believe, twelve A where as long as you have an adult you can go in but I think every other film you have to actually be the age to advertise whereas like an M in America as long as you have an adult you can just go in like yeah whatever which leads to irresponsible situations because there's a lot of like irresponsible stupid parents who take like their five year olds to M rated films and uh, yeah Brit Gamer has pointed out Deadpool 2 that is a good example like the original Deadpool actually was a good example because tons of parents in America took their kids to that film like oh it's a superhero movie superheroes are like lovely and family friendly and happy fun films and then why why is this why is why is this guy in a mask swearing why why is this guy in a mask got body parts out that, that's that's not very it's not very PG so in conclusion yeah Americans <laughs> sorted out <laughs> that's all I gotta say to that <sighs> either way other other topics <laughs> Let's talk about something else now. Oh, whatever. Uh, Callum sent me a request. Oh yeah, I can I can play that one definitely. What else we got? Oh yeah, Sausage Party was another good example. They were like, oh, it's animated films and all animated films are for children, so that'll be like a nice, family-friendly, fun times film to go and watch. And, oh my God, there's sexual content in the film. Whoa, I could never have predicted that by the fact that it was rated M. Wow. Wow. Did nobody get the picture that it was R-rated? No, because see, most parents are stupid and therefore think, Superheroes equals baby movie. Animated movie equals baby movie. Humans? That, now, that, that's, the adult, that's the adult stuff right there. That, that, that's not appropriate for them. Yeah, Americans, to be fair, British people do it too, but I mean, hey, at least you can't just go to the cinema and go, yeah, let's go and watch Deadpool 2 with my three-year-old. It don't really work like that over here. Maybe I'm just overgeneralizing. Someone will probably disagree with this. But I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, I don't think anyone's like that strongly like, oh, you said something that was wrong and that you offended me. No, no not like that. Whatever. New, new, uh, topic. What else? Something, please. Whatever, yes, requests coming up next. We have quite a few requests in here. Um, not everyone's requested, like the usual. Some people haven't requested. So if you still haven't got one in, you can send it into the usual places that you just heard in that jingle before. Uh, in particular, you can send it on Discord, send it in on Twitter, you can send it in through Facebook. No one ever does that, but you can. Facebook.com forward slash Radio Sega. And an email topresort.gmail.com or you can send me a private message on the forums. I'm Green Viper 8. 
We have a bunch of different tracks, but uh, all of the ones in here except for one are all from games. So if you want any remixes as well, you feel free to uh, send those in. But as it stands, we've got one from Sonic World Adventure, we've got one from Sega Rally 2, one from Seventh Dragon, one from A Star, and one from that Sega Piano Nocturne album that I was talking to you about. <laughs> Thanks, Twinny, for apologising on behalf of people you don't know or control. Uh, what else? What else? <laughs> Please, someone, someone request. Even where I can get in Callum's one as well. You've got another one from Sonic Unleashed. So actually, you've got two tracks from Sonic World Adventure. But if you do send in anything else, actually, I'll just read it on the next talk because we've been talking on this one for long enough. So, with that in mind, let's get into our first request, and it's a, it's a bit of a short one, but oh well. From Sonic World Adventure, this is the piano version of the World Adventure. When we come back. It's nonsense as usual. Enjoy the music. Request Resorts.
Oh
lovely piece right there from Sega Piano Nocturne. That was the main theme of Space Harrier. And that was requested by Jamie Six Four Three Six. Before that, from Shenmue Two, that was Da Da Juan. Oh, we've gone through this one before. <laughs> da Juan, Da Yuan, whatever. It's the apartment song from Shenmue Two. That was requested by Callum. Before that, from a star, that was ending. Shining World, requested by Electric Boogaloo. Before that, from Sonic Unleashed, also known as Sonic World Adventure, that was Dear My Friend, the ending theme. Once again, requested by Callum. Before that, from Seventh Dragon, that was Labyrinth, Jungle Navigation, as requested by J Star Max. Before that, from Sega Rally 2, that was Till You See the Dawn, as requested by Electric. And kicking off the block was one requested by Brit Gamer 98 that was Sonic World Adventure, and that was the piano version of The World Adventure. I should also point out that, uh, where was it, the a scattered moment from Yakuza 2 that was also requested by J-Star and another one coming up later in the show was requested by him and Electric. So if, if you're thinking it's a bit unfair, like why have some people got to and some haven't, it might have been because they requested something that's later in the show. Also to Twinny, even though I asked him earlier if you want to re-request something because both of yours didn't go through, let me know. But yeah, either way. We are back, and I do actually have something to talk about right now, because <laughs> Brick Gamer sent me a Sonic fan theory. Oh, here we go, it's, it's game theory time, boys. So, he sends me, I have a pair of Sonic theories. First is how Sonic learnt his moves. So Sonic 1 has just the spin attack. In Sonic CD, he learns how to rev up the spin attack, slowly, but on the spot, creating the spin dash. In Sonic 2, he improves the spin dash, revving up multiple times to increase the speed. In Sonic 3, he tries revving in mid-air, displacing the air around him, creating the Insta-Shield. Then it splits off into the main timeline, he learns to push air in the specific directions, creating the homing attack slash jump dash. Then in the mania timeline, he learns how to rev up multiple times in mid-air to perform a slower spin dash when he lands, aka the drop dash. It's an interesting theory. There's a lot to it, so I'm not sure if I can comment on it, but I mean... I don't know if they'd ever confirm it, but it's technically somewhat correct. It can't be confirmed or denied, but it is an interesting thing to think about. And then he says, My other theory is that Neo Metal Sonic was created using Germinal slash Emerald's programming, hence the ability to copy the abilities of others and his rebelliousness. Ooh, that, that, that one, yeah, that could be confirmed. That's slightly less, slightly less alien theory than the last one. Gonna be honest, but uh, yeah, I think no, I think both of them are pretty plausible. Just one of them could be canonically confirmed, and the other one they're not gonna go to the effort of explaining it. But yeah, I can see where you're coming from, most certainly. Also down in the chat room, we had we had a few people joining us. I can't remember if I mentioned them. We had Callum, we had Shadix Croft, and just recently we had the thankful Sega Nut. And this is this is important to note because clearly Sega Nut did not know this. The UK has officially come off daylight savings times, meaning any show hosted from the UK is now going to be an hour earlier for you guys in the US or anyone else who hasn't moved back. So it's going to be an hour, hour, no, it's going to be an hour later, isn't it? Yeah, sorry. Uh, so, where is it? It would be 2pm EST for this show, or EDT for this show. It's now going to be 3pm EDT until you guys also join us in going back. So, that's for both... That that's gonna be for this show, for Sega Mixer Drive, and when it comes back, Hidden Palace. Sweaty Sundays is unique because Aust- Western Australia doesn't go back at all. It doesn't change its time zone, meaning that 
It's going to permanently be at 1pm GMT here in the UK, and it's going to permanently be... I don't know when, I can't calculate off the top of my head. I, I did, however, do it the other day, so let me recall this. Once you guys in America go back, Sweaty Sundays will permanently be on at... Uh, when is it? Will permanently be on at... I, damn it, I didn't write it down. One more time to go and look at a different document than one that I was looking at. <laughs> this one. Now if it will load up. Okay, there we go. So once... That's not the one. So once you guys in America go back an hour, Sweaty Sundays will permanently be at 6am Eastern or 3am Pacific for you guys. So keep that in mind instead of the normal time, which was 7am and 4am. So... Yeah, that, that's a bit of a pain, but at the same time, it is what it is. And uh, RSN Live, that's obviously until you guys in America go back, because it's hosted in America, it's going to be at the same time as normal. All that to bear in mind here of our schedule at Radio Sega, because, well, it, it's slowly picking up in intensity, as you can somewhat tell by the fact we've announced two shows this week, whereas we haven't announced shows in months. Brick Gamer says I'm playing some Puyo Puyo Tetris again. Why have you not got Puyo Esports? On that note, I need to look for the Puyo Esports soundtrack because someone was gonna uh, attempt to find it for me and I don't know if they did. Either way, Puyo Puyo Esports will be coming to the 24-7 stream soon because there are a few original tracks in that game. Mostly it's reused tracks, but there is some new stuff that wasn't in Period Tetris or 15th Anniversary or 20th Anniversary or any of those other games that is unique stuff here. RSN is already back, Rexy, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> There's that. Um, Jamie says, I wonder why Sega Ages Fantasy Star is now in the EU yet. Yeah, that was the thing that happened. Uh, Sega Ages Fantasy Star just released it in Japan. Uh, I was going to say yesterday, but Halloween was two days ago now. So if you're if you have a Japanese eShop account and you don't mind playing the game in Japanese, then you can go on over to the eShop and you can purchase Fantasy Star Sega Ages. I don't know why I'm currently doing it, but I'm on my Switch right now and doing Well not doing exactly that, I'm just looking at it on the eShop. I don't really know why. It's not even on the front page anymore. Okay, yeah, it's buried on the front page, but it's there. So it's 999 yen and you get 50 uh, golden points of buying it and it's the original game that you know and love it has some new features including a map system a monster guide by the looks of it and the usual extra features and settings and options that you've come to know and love from uh, from the Fantasy Star and Sega Ages series series so go ahead and purchase that it's going to be coming for some reason a month later here in Europe and also in Australia and America. I don't know why, because they the whole plan for Sega Ages was that they would be releasing it simultaneously in all countries, and they clearly haven't done that this time around. And the US don't have a version of it, Jamie, no. No one in the West does. I don't even think it's an English translation thing, because when I, I, I think Sega Ages works on all regions, because I have a Japanese version of Sonic 1 and it's in English. So I assume, even if you bought it from Japan, it would somewhat have English support. So that's just a really baffling thing as to why they've delayed it, but they have. 
Uh, Brick Gamer says, saving all my money for Let's Go Pikachu and Smash Ultimate. What's so different about esports? There is literally nothing different about esports. Uh, it's got it's got some new stuff. It's got brand new character profiles. It's got pr uh, properly ranked stuff. I'm trying to remember exactly what is different. I know, yeah, the profile thing online is one thing that was definitely a key change. There was that. There's also new music. There's the return of Fever rules because Fever rules weren't in Puyo Puyo Tetris. So if you like the way Puyo Puyo Fever and Puyo Puyo Fever Two play then you can play with those rules in pure Tetris. Outside of that, there's not really too much more, but just if you're a big fan of Puyo and you don't really care for the Tetris side of PPT, then Puyo Esports is definitely the game you should pick up. Considering it's £3 as well, you really should do that, because it's not going to be on offer for too much longer, but it apparently is coming out, at least according to some information in the game, it will be coming out westwards rather soon, because there was a region selector in the game and uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris, the original in Japan, only you can only select places in Japan. In uh, Puyo, Puyo Tetris International, you could obviously select anywhere in the world. In the Japanese version of esports, you can select anywhere in the world as well, which suggests they've already started translating it for elsewhere in the world, or otherwise they wouldn't include those options. Does it have Fever mode? I don't think it does, because there was a lot of buzz in the Puyo community that Fever rules were back. But maybe, maybe it did, I don't know. Uh, Brick Gamer says, can we talk about so so Sega Ages Sonic 2? It's going to reincorporate cut content. Yes, we can. So as you know, Sega Ages, we just talked about it. It's the Switch re-releases of certain games. And so far, I'd say the most enhanced port they've probably done is Fantasy Star. But keeping it on the Sonic tangent, Sonic 1, it included various bonus features such as a region change, the arcade release of the game, and the drop dash. Well, there's no arcade release of Sonic 2, so we can already rule that one out, but however, we do know that the drop dash will be coming, and I think there was some other stuff revealed, but what Brick Gamer is specifically talking about here is that cut content from the original game, such as zones, maybe even animations, moves, whatever, will be appearing in the Sega Ages release of Sonic 2, which is coming in this first wave. This first wave of games, which could be any time between now and, like, 2019, but Sonic 2, I imagine they're going to try and push it out the door as quickly as possible, because uh, if you've seen the Switch charts, Sega Ages Sonic 1 obliterated, I think it got to the top spot like in the first week, whereas Thunder Force 4, it did well, but it remained at like number 15, so unfortunately Sonic fans strike again, meaning they're probably going to focus quite heavily on Sonic for Sega Ages, which I really don't want them to. I was so hoping that Thunder Force would do well, so that way we could get some non-Sonic ports, but no, that's not happening. But whatever, yeah, they're going to try and push Sonic to uh, Sega Ages out the door quickly. So we can be expecting that soon, but we've also got some other titles such as uh, Space Harrier Outrun, Thunder Force AC, uh, Virtua Racing, and this week in the news, they revealed they're looking into porting Star Wars Arcade. To the Nintendo Switch. I would give them my money so fast for that, you have no idea. Star Wars Arcade is an excellent game, and then they butchered it for the 32X release, so to date there has never been a good home release of this game. So if they pulled this off, 
they'd be rolling in money from both Star Wars fans and Sega fans. It's genius. But speaking of genius, they've also announced that this Sega Ages collection might be including Naomi games because, hey, the Switch can successfully emulate Naomi with no dips. So that's exciting, right? Seriously, more and more information keeps coming about, out about Sega Ages that makes me really happy. And I think other people are as well because everyone was like, I have to pay £12 for Sonic 1. And, uh, and now they're like, Oh my goodness, they're actually enhancing these games tons and they're going to be doing 3D games. Of course you still have the Jet Set Radio fans like, Yeah, but it's not Jet Set Radio 3, why are you not making Jet Set Radio 3, man? But at the same time, look at all the awesome games they're promising. They're promising one specific Naomi game which they haven't revealed yet. They are promising. They're promising Star Wars Arcade, hopefully, if they can get the license to it. They've promised that Dreamcast is just around the corner. What more could you want as a Sega fan, right? But either way, that's that, that's uh, something to think about there. But uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say, oh yeah, be sure to let me know what Naomi games you would want ported to the Switch. Because I, I can think of many, but I can't think any specific one that I'd want ported but I want to know what you think what Naomi games would you like ported to the Switch and while you think about that I'm going to get you on some more fan made remixes so we're going to kick things off with a track from Rigor Mortis 999 remixing Slow Moon from Streets of Rage 2 right here on Radio Sega
every Friday night. This is Topical Resort, only on Radio Sega. Welcome back to the Top Grizzle right here on Radio Sega. That was Dan Central's take on the main theme from Alex Kidd and Miracle World, and I can't confirm or deny whether that one will appear on next week's show. But more information about that later. Not not that specific remix, just the track itself. Before that, from Rigor Mortis 999, not Rick and Morty. Yeah, I, I, I know. But that was covering Streets of Rage 2's Slow Moon. And that one had a really long fade out on it for some reason, which tricked my software. Whatever, we are back here on the Top of Resort and there's no way of avoiding it. It's time to discuss it in its whole own segment. Super Smash Brothers. Yay. So, what happened on last week, or last night's, yesterday's, whatever, what happened on the direct? I need to get an exact list of what happened, because I just want to remember everything. So, we kick things off with... Um, can we please not have a massively long paragraph rant before we have the... before we have the actual recap? Okay, so we kick things off with Ken being revealed from the Street Fighter series. That was a pretty cool announcement. Then Incineroar was the final character revealed for the game. Why? <laughs> I mean, like, Ken being the last one would have been really cool. Like, um, Simon being the last one, K. Rule being the last one. But another Pokemon being the last reveal. Like, I don't... Uh, if, if you like Pokemon, I think most people could even agree 
Why? That's like having a Fire Emblem character as the last reveal. Like, there's already ten of them, we don't need another one. It's not exciting at all to have another one. But, yeah, no, he seems like a cool fighter and I would have I would have been much less salty had he been revealed earlier on, but... Sure. So, the Spirit Mode. Uh, spirits... Has, uh, sort of power-ups for the main character. Instead of making trophies, they made this mode, which you earn PNGs of characters from series and they give you abilities and uh, I don't I don't really entirely know what the um, what this was about really like I was I was trying to pay attention to the uh, sorry <laughs> I was trying to pay attention to the direct and I didn't really get what this mode was about to be honest but you fight characters who have spirits, and you win those spirits, and you level up those spirits, and then you kill or trade or whatever those spirits, and uh, just all, all that stuff. But I, I, I'll need to have the game in my hands. I'm not di I'm not disinterested, but I mean, I'm very confused. I, I don't get what the purpose and what you what the purpose of the mode is, and what you really do in it. To be honest. But I think it seems cool, just I'm very confused. So, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff about the spirit battles. Now you can level them up and you can combine them. Next up was DLC. So, to the surprise of no one, they announced that they're working on DLC for the game. There'll be five characters, a, st a stage for each character and a few pieces of music for each character. These will be releasing through until the end of February 2020. For $5.99 each, they can purchase a set, which is what I just described, or you can buy a Fighter's Pass, which is basically a season pass, except it lasts a bit longer than a season, which costs $24.99. Uh, players who purchase the Fighter Pass will receive an in-game outfit based on Rex from Cedar Blade Chronicles 2 starting December 7th. Pre-purchasing the digital version of the game with the Fighter's Pass will earn you 425 gold points which is double the usual amount you'd earn for registering the game. You also get an early purchase bonus if you purchase the game or you register your game for a certain date. Then you get the Piranha Plant Fighter who will be, who will be, who will be releasing around February 2019. Yeah, I was a bit salty for this, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, uh, Piranha Plant Fighter, whose idea was this? It, once again, it's one of those fighters where I would have been like way less salty if it was towards the beginning of the reveals and not technically the final one. But at the same time, like yeah, it's a free piece of DLC, so you can't really complain as much because they're gonna go all out for the paid pieces. But this is a free piece, so you can't really moan too much. It was like um, Mewtwo in Smash 4, how he was free for a while. Like you can't really complain that it's like the same character as Melee because it, you didn't pay for it so you don't really get grounds to complain but yep yeah, I'll be getting I'll be getting the game day one as I've mentioned the limited edition which means I will still get this purchase bonus and I'll still get my gold points so woohoo the saltiest reveal of all though was the <laughs> I can't even bring myself to say it the assist trophies because there was a black screen, and then the first thing you see on screen 
It shattered the freaking hedgehog, and we were all like, okay, is this gonna be an echo? Is this gonna be an echo? Then the words assist trophy pop up on screen. Everyone's heart just jumped out their chest, fell into the bin, and the bin got replaced. I mean, there's a lot of people like, I don't get the hype for Shadow, and he certainly isn't one of my top picks. I mean, like, it, it was. We were so close. To Shadow being revealed, like, if he was an Echo Fire, I'd definitely play him. Like, he's not one that I'd actively go out there and, like, yes, 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 we need that. But the fact that everything was sort of set in place that we were going to get him right until that reveal that he was a Cyst Trophy, that was, like, uh, you know, it was all set in stone. Like, there was an extra slot ready for another Sonic character on the Smash website. There was. Uh, there was the fact that obviously Knuckles was now the assist trophy instead of the usual Shadow. There was a lot of other stuff as well, but that's the stuff I can think of at the top of my head. Like it all lined up perfectly for Shadow to be a playable like, Echo Fighter, and then nope, Sakura with the troll. And same with Isaac as well. Isaac also got trolled, but I, I don't like I don't like Golden Sun. So <laughs> yeah, that's that. Uh, we got new Amiibo fighters, or just new Amiibo, Inkling, Ridley and Wolf coming 7th of December 2018. Do I spend the money and buy them even though I'm spending £25 on a season pass and £80 on the game? This might be the last Smash game, so this might be the last opportunity I have to just go ham on the purchases. But I mean, oh, I don't, don't I half want them. King K. Rool, Ice Climbers, and Piranha Plant, Amiibo, February 15, 2019, and Isabel, Pichu, Ken, Young, Link, and Daisy will be coming in 2019. Uh, Mii Fighters will have some new costumes, like the one we mentioned earlier. There's wireless and online play, two-player co-op, smart smartphone connectivity, uh, Elite Smash, which is like, uh, once you get to a certain ranking online, you, you get to play... You don't get to play against scrubs anymore, you get to play against the professionals. Smash tag, that's like your uh, online identity. You can select messages, you can spectate again, you can uh, background match, you could, there's player arenas, and a bunch of other features, but the one we're all here for, the one which made me the least salty, Adventure Mode is back, and it is known as World of Light. It's not on the same plane as Subspace Emissary from Brawl, but however, everyone is dead, except for Kirby, so uh, rest in peace to all those Nintendo fighters, but your whole aim in this adventure mode is everyone dies except for Kirby, as I mentioned, and Kirby's got to rescue them from the Shadow Realm. <laughs> so, so however that's going to be done there is an entirely different story. We don't actually really know how the story goes, if there even is too much of one yet, but uh, we, we all know it's coming, don't we? The vocal theme. Mwah. It's gorgeous. The vocal They revealed a vocal theme during this segment that will be the main theme to the game. The one that we previously thought was the main theme is like a secondary main theme, but this is the real theme. It's known as... What is it known as? Because <laughs> I've forgotten. It's known as Lifelight. And we heard a snippet of it and we were like, Oh, this is so good. I can't wait for the game to release so I can hear the full thing. Then, then the Nintendo, the Smash YouTube, they were like... We got you! And they just released the full song! And it's brilliant! I've, I've never felt this strongly about a vocal theme, probably for any game, but oh, it, does, it doesn't half tug at the heartstrings, it is 
it's amazing and it's also somewhat moving in a way. The 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 vocals. I just wish the the one complaint I have about it is I think the backing needs to be stronger. Like you hear the original uh, instrumental version that we previously thought was the main theme, and you got like ho ho ho, and you got the you got the violin, you got the trumpets, you got the like I don't know like trombones and stuff. You got this massive orchestra, but in this vocal theme. You don't really have that, but if you had that in the background, as you have like these powerful female vocals, it'd be like the best theme ever made. But just that one little missing detail, but it's still a fantastic track. And then, then Japan were like, "Yeah, don't worry. Even though, even though everyone in Japan should be sleeping right now, we got you." And then they just released a Japanese vocal theme out of nowhere that we didn't even know existed. So now two versions of this track exist. And they're both phenomenal. So, yeah, that that's really that. That's all I have to say, but I, I do have to move on now. So, let's get into a track from Sega Piano Nocturne. This is Dreams Dreams, obviously, from Nights into Dreams.
missed an episode and want to catch up? Want to re-educate yourself on the topic of a previous show? Download our podcast from the Radio Sega Media section. Subscribe to us on iTunes or stream the show through Stitcher. Let's get scratching. The Toppy Mix.
Now for a message from our sponsors. The Dreamcast 20th birthday is just around the corner and here at Radio Sega we want to celebrate, but we can't without your input. There's just four things that we want to know, your first experience with the console and your favourite memories, games and tracks. 
Visit radiose.ga forward slash Dreamcast20 to find out where you can submit your answers and be sure to read the terms and conditions. Now get dreaming. Yes, you heard my very own voice correctly. It's time to get dreaming and it's time to submit those answers. Like, seriously. <laughs> We've had a lot of answers on Facebook, but really, our regulars haven't contributed that much. So seriously, if you have any experience with the Dreamcast, share them on all social media outlets or preferred at radiose.gf forward slash Dreamcast20 because that is where, well, that's where all the terms and conditions are. So if you submit there, you'll actually be able to read the full picture of what it will be used for etc etc aside from that before that from Super Smash Bros Ultimate that was the Japanese version of Life Light and you may have noticed well, that wasn't the English version why did you play the Japanese version for the English version and that wasn't a preference thing you'll be seeing why I didn't play the English version at some point at least but yeah, that was the Japanese version of Life Light an excellent track either way before that, from Sega Piano Nocturne, that was I Just Smile from Burning Rangers. That was requested by both Electric Boogaloo and J-Star Max on top of my own. Uh, Brick Gamer, yeah, I guess you can submit. As long as you've played some of like, the games, you know some of the music, then you can still submit. I mean, there's plenty of people who, who've obviously played the console but didn't say that their favourite soundtracks or their favourite games. So I guess, in a sense, yeah, even if you haven't played it, you can you can uh, share share your experiences with the titles. And before that, because it wasn't really, it wasn't really a piano track, but it has a brilliant piano solo at the beginning from Shadow the Hedgehog. That was Never Turn Back. And now we're here at the end of the Topical Resort. It, it's been a long one. I also didn't do a call in. You may notice because I was horrendously behind time, and then the track skipped anyway. So thanks, Radio Software. But either way, it's a bit of a saving grace because. We're going to be late anyway, but let's get into the final track of the night in just a moment after I tell you who's been in the Discord. So we have had... We've had Shadow's Croft, we've had Brick Game 98 we've had Callum, we've had the Thankful Saganut, we've had... Did I say Jamie? I don't know if I did. We've had Jamie64326, we've had someone else, we've probably had a lot of other people who've dropped in and dropped out throughout the duration of the night. I don't remember if I said 20. Probably did. Probably didn't. I, I don't know. Not not a clue. Not a flipping clue at this point. Uh, we had Mirko as well. I'm still scrolling, but I'm fairly certain that, that is it. Oh, no, we had Rexy. We had Rexy as well. I'm going to say that's it now, just because I don't want to keep having to scroll up. But, yes, thank you to everyone who's listened. I've been Green Viper. You all have been awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Coming up next is a track which... Which was already requested by someone else, but I had to leave it till last because it's an excellent piece, and it's from a game that never appears in any of these shows because it's never on any of the request resort lists. It's never eligible. But this week I had an excuse to play a track from it, and I always say I love this soundtrack because it's just so varied. And this is one of the examples of that—a brilliant piano piece that plays once you beat the game in the main menu. If you haven't figured it out already, I am of course talking about Sonic Forces. I'm talking about the piano version of the main theme known as Fist Bump. I've been Green Viper 8, you all have been awesome, but I should probably tell you what's happening next week before I do that. Next week, I'm just going to say it, it's one you've requested tons over on RadioSC.GF forward slash Top Resort. You've requested it a lot. 
And I've been holding off on it because I've been doing shows relating to the specific person. As a hint, it's a person. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been doing a lot of shows that relate to them and have a lot of shows that are made by this person during these shows. But I think we've gone a good while without playing some of their music. And I think it's time we appreciated some of their lesser known tracks. But maybe one or two of the more well known ones. I'm sure you're sick of them. I'm sure I'm sick of them. Either way, next week, we're going to be focusing on the varied, the wonderful community, not community, the, the varied and wonderful soundtracks and compositions done by fan favourite Takanobu, Takanobu Mitsuyoshi. That's, 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 that, that's next week, this is this week. I've been Green Life Break, you all have been awesome, thank you so much for listening, and as always, stay topical.
Enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.